You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Logan and Noah Miller are identical twins who pursued a career in filmmaking, which resulted in the feature film Touching Home with Ed Harris, Brad Dourif, and Robert Forster. They tell their story in either you're in or you're in the way. Thank you for joining me, Logan. Hey. Thanks for having us. And Noah. Now, um, Logan? Noah. Noah? Yeah. Logan. Uh, Okay. Don't worry about (laughs) it. Nobody knows. It's it's (laughs) totally all right. (laughs) Tell us a little bit. Uh, about one of the things you say in the beginning of the book about being twins it, is that you guys have a hundred and two percent, and it's the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, eh? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we like to think we have a hundred and two percent. We're not. We don't <laughs> claim. We just say you know it's possible we each have fifty one percent. It's just yeah. We we always work together, you know, as a team, and so um, it's it seems to uh, yeah. to definitely definitely help yeah i mean it's having a one you know if i'm having a conversation with someone and he's not around it feels like i'm not even speaking in sentences you know it's like uh that one part of your brain is is just not firing so it uh we like to think two are better than one uh when we're in agreement yeah we're we're in agreement we're not arguing you know what yeah and yeah yeah, as far as the moods are concerned you know you know everyone goes well it's got to be great when you know when uh you know one is used down the other one picks the other one up Yes, but when you're both down, then it's sort of, you know, double, it's two anchors, right? On a ship when you only need one, maybe that's it, yeah. Um, yeah, two anchors rather than two sails. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, for people who have a spectacular, essentially, Hollywood success, you didn't have uh, an easy upbringing. Tell, us, tell me a little bit about your childhood and how you got start the beginning of your journey. All right, well, it was, uh, we never saw it, you know, it's really being difficult i guess it's just you know it is what it, what what it is it's your reality um we felt lots of love though you yeah know, definitely from our mother but yeah our father was um battled alcoholism his entire adult life and then was homeless for the last 15 years of his life and, and ended up uh, passing away in jail and so, so that was something that, it was something that always was difficult for us caused a lot of pain and a lot of uh, anger a lot of frustration a lot of a lot of uh i think anxiety because as a kid you don't you don't have the tools uh, to deal with that that type of behavior or someone, and the mental tools, you yeah. know, and emotional tools to kind of to uh, to to understand that hey, this guy who showed up tonight, this drunk guy, isn't. I mean, it's your dad, but it's not, you know, who. Um, it's not the beautiful man that you see when he's sober, and yeah. so you know, I mean, that, that's or if he didn't show up, you know, sometimes he would just disappear, and uh, that's. I think it's very difficult to, on a kid, you know, when when, uh, like I said, you know, it creates. I think certain abandonment issues and and uh because all you really want is consistency i think as a kid you want you know consistent or well you could say well what if they're consistently bad so yeah so let me qualify with that you know consistently good behavior so uh so i think it it, uh but it also i think you know caused us to to be closer you know and to and to see our bond together as something that would you know get us through a lot of yeah. difficulties. And I, th- I think loyalty. I think it really pushed loyalty to the forefront of, of what we value. Um, you know, trust, loyalty. I think because it was that in, you know in uh, inconsistent you know behavior and, and, and the letdowns, and so it just became something sort of trust and loyalty became just almost paramount um, for what we value out of life. Now, um, 
Logan. Noah. Noah. Is it right. Logan? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Logan, you were the baseball player? Yeah, we both were. You actually, both yeah. Tell us a little bit about your, your career in baseball because that kind of kicks off this movie in a sense. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, yeah, it does. Well, our whole lives, you know, we, we dreamed of being baseball players. Don't even remember when that dream began. It was just something that, I mean, you know, from our earliest memories, we, you know, we were playing catch and, and uh, then hitting in a horse pasture uh, out where we're from. Um, and that we ended up, it ended up taking us, you know, to see the country. Logan ended up signing with the Toronto Blue Jays, so he played in the minor leagues for a spell. I made it to college, uh, Southern Arkansas University, and it, uh, it it allowed us to see most of the United States. So it was, you know, it was, we were really fortunate in that regard, and we played as as long as we could, you yeah. know. And then and then it just kind of came to an anticlimactic end. Yeah, everyone we, always asks, well, you know what what happened? And there wasn't really any really, decisive yeah, yeah, moment. It's like <laughs> trying to go get a job. You're handing in resumes and nobody calls. I mean, it's just sort of. You, know, you eventually say, okay, I guess I can't get hired in this town yeah. or something like that. And, you know, and, so and you have to you have to move on. And, and uh, fortunately, we had a uh, we had no idea what we wanted to do. We knew we didn't want to go back home and, and you know pound nails. Our father was a roofer. We had always done manual labor uh, growing up. You know, whether whether it's roofing with him or you know digging ditches or washing dishes, uh, but we didn't have any any and you know we actually. Neither one of us had a, had a degree, so there was not college much. Degree. Yeah, college degree. So it wasn't much for us to fall back on. And we had a uh, we had a buddy who was we were living in Tucson at the time when when baseball finally didn't didn't work out. And we had a buddy in Los Angeles, and I ten intersects with I five, which is how we're going to get home to Northern California in Los Angeles. And he said, "Look, you got to come through here anyways. Why don't you guys crash on my floor and figure out what you guys uh, want to do with your life?" So we said, "All right, let's do it." And was that when you decided to take up writing? Yeah, yeah, it was probably I don't yeah, maybe maybe a couple months into into that, uh, you know, our our stay our on our buddy's floor that we kind of couch surfing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there wasn't a couch. Yeah, there wasn't <laughs> a couch because yeah. he was just renting a room, right? Yeah. He didn't even have a couch. Yeah, yeah. So it's really just yeah, floor surfing, um, and he didn't even have a he didn't even ha all he had was a little sort of uh, mattress. He didn't even have a have a bed. So. We were all kind of, uh, you know, he was sleeping, I don't know, you know, a few inches above us, and we were just on the floor and eating a lot of peanut butter sandwiches in those days. And and uh, after a couple months, we, we said, you know, I guess we'll get an apartment down down here. We still didn't know what what we yeah. wanted to do with our lives, and uh, but we knew we wanted to do something that we were passionate about. And so we just kind of did a search, you know, inside ourselves, as cliche as that sounds, and, and said, well, okay, you know, baseball was our first love. What else do we love? And we said, well, movies. We love watching movies. And uh, and so Noah said, well, we should write one about us us and dad. And that was was so that was your first movie? Yeah, Touching Home. Yeah, that was your first yeah, script? First script, yeah. And and, and then over, over, over the years, it, it uh, you know, became this sort of living document. And Until had, our father passed yeah. away. Yeah. Now, you wrote it before he passed away? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Now, but you had made a vow to him. Tell, tell us a little bit about the vow. So, uh, so we had, we had written this screenplay, Touching Home, about us and, and our father. Um, in uh, I think the first draft we wrote was maybe in 2000, and then it became this, like, like Noah said, this living document. And our <laughs> dad used to always say, when are you going to make our movie? And we'd always be like, we're going to make it soon, Dad. Yeah. And as, as his uh, you know, health deteriorated and as he became, uh, last couple of years, he really started uh, – Spending a lot of time in jail, probably more more time in jail than he did out, and and that you know took its toll on us for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think we uh, 
it just became, the, and we were having, you know, we are struggling to, to break in as writers. And, and now you were writing other screenplays at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screen, yeah. With, with the intention of, of one day making touching, you know, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things that you, you know, because it's so difficult to just to, to make a movie on on your own. You can put it off. You can yeah. you can t you can talk about all the reasons why you can't do it, and then and we were loving just the process of writing and getting up each day, and and uh, just the two of us working, you know, um, and you know, pretty much uh, just getting you know trapped in that world of writing, reading, and writing that we had no background for before we started. Well, I wouldn't say trapped, but it's sort well, of trapped. Well, maybe yeah, yeah, we, weren't, we weren't like seizing our, you know, we weren't taking a kind of our destiny in our own hands. We were writing scripts and then submitting them to producers or or um, studios, and then you know, working it, hard but waiting around. If that makes any sense, right? You're you're working every day. You're writing, but yeah. but uh, so then when our dad, we had visited our dad in jail shortly before he he passed away, and and he asked us the question that he always asked us was, yeah. "When are you making our movie?" And the, and we gave him the same answer. The soon, dad, you know, and then he said, "Well, who's going to play me?" And we're like uh, Ed Harris, you know. And so he just joking around, yeah. you know. I mean, because um, it was a jailhouse dream. It's it's an impossible dream, and you're in jail with your dad, and you're trying to lighten a, a situation that that's not that pleasant. And so then he passed away about a, a I think a month and a half later, and that's when we went when we made the vow that that we were gonna make the movie. And we we went and saw him in in the mortuary um, after to say goodbye after they conducted the autopsy, and we. We told him that you know we were proud of him and that we were sorry and that we loved him and and that we were going to make our movie and that we were tired of putting it off you know and so we just jumped into it. Now, could you talk about the process of the two of you writing together? How does that work? Uh, okay, it's, okay, it's yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so well, Noah, so Noah, when we first started writing, we we uh, didn't have a computer, right? Mm -hmm. So we just would write on notepads, and then once. We finished the first draft of Touching Home. We needed to put it, you know, uh, into a screenplay form on a computer. You do two, now, let me ask: yeah. the two of you are sitting there with your notepads. Yeah. Is one of you writing and the other, and the two of you talking, or is one uh, of you yeah. doing it and the other one saying? That's changes. one would one would yeah sort of be the final yeah, that's, draft. No, that's good, yeah. So 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 we the screen, were both screenwriting when we're writing a screen. Like, so I. I I guess we can answer this question two ways. Writing a screenplay, there's much more of an open conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It's where one guy can can be, let's say, you know, at the keyboard, or one guy can be writing in a notepad. Because you're really, you know, there's so much of a, of a screenplay is dialogue, and mm -hmm. and uh, um, so we it, that's much more sort of talking through it. Whereas writing the book, yeah, writing either you're in or you're in, in the way, way yeah, yeah. log log types, right? I don't. I don't type. I write freehand. And that's just a. That's just because when we finally did get a computer, there was only one computer, and so and it was, so <laughs> we had to decide who's going to type, and, and neither one of us could type. So we bought this this uh, Mavis Beacon typing program, yeah. mm -hmm. and so we could only allocate so much time to learn how to type because we needed to be writing and whatnot. And yeah. so I just ended up being the guy yeah. who learned how to type, and yeah. you know, just continued writing freehand. And, so and I, I love the way my my brain. Uh, I I don't. My brain just works. I write freehand, and that's how I write, and that's mm -hmm. how my thoughts are, are best. At least, at least my opinion is yeah. best expressed. <laughs> you know, what I mean, that's that's up for uh, so uh, when yeah. So when we're when we were writing this manuscript, for, you know, either you and in the way, we'd usually go for Noah would write freehand for a couple hours. I would yeah. I would type, and then we would it just, just bring it all together and just. It it's a collision. Yes, yeah, yeah, together because yeah. there's a lot of arguing. It's a collision the, of you know, wills. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be dictating what I write, and then Logo get upset. Hey, you know, 
because he'll change some of it, right? As I'm <laughs> yeah. dictating what I've written, Logan's... I do that all the time. I'm so I'm guilty. Like, what are you doing, man? Just write what I write, and then we'll edit it. He's like, well, I'm doing all the typing, you know? And so yeah, you get he, into that I, battle, and then sometimes I'll go, I'll look at the computer, and I'll try to edit what he... You know, so it's... it's but it works. It, we have a quota, you know, each day, and, and, and once we... At least in the first draft, we, we, mm -hmm. we get that quota, and then um, we try to puke it out, like mm -hmm. the first draft, as, as fast as possible, and... and uh, Get get our get our two thousand words and, and then you know move on and, and try to keep the tension and arguments to just four <laughs> hours. Out of the day. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get back to to, to touching home. Mm -hmm. You made the vow. Tell us what step you took next. Okay, so, uh, so well, we had never uh, we had never produced a movie or directed yeah. a movie, yeah. um, or we'd never even shot anything. Mm -hmm. we, uh, so we were starting from the absolute bottom. Um, we didn't know where to start, and but we did have the screenplay, and we had yeah. we thought we had a good vision, vision. in our head for yeah, what for the movie sh you know was going should be should be like. So we went down and uh, and bought a just as we we had taught ourselves how to write screenplays by buying a book. Mm -hmm. We figured we could learn how to produce a movie by buying a book. So we went down and, and bought a, a couple books on on production. What and, books? Uh, the Guerrilla Filmmaker's Handbook mm -hmm. was was the one that really had I think the greatest effect. Um, and that's uh, a compilation of inter interviews from uh, industry professionals. I Any, mean, everybody, everybody, from secretaries on up to you know studio heads. Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, so it's by it's people that have done theories gone. This mm -hmm. is like, here, it's pretty much very practical advice. Don't do this. You know, <laughs> like to, you know, <laughs> just make sure you stay away from this, 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 this. And so we took notes, and and there was an interview uh, from by a woman named Loretta L. Kodak, and she seemed very nice. And I told Logan, I said, hey. I'm gonna call her and see if she can help us out with some film. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. Because we knew we had to put something <laughs> yeah. we, we, we had determined that we were gonna be the producers, we were gonna be the directors, we were gonna we were gonna take our destiny into our hands and, and, and we were gonna do it. And uh, Logue uh, So Noah said I'm gonna call this woman yeah. Lorette. Because we Kodak. have to put something on film. We have to shoot something to demonstrate we have a vision. So I, I Noah says, Yes, she sounds like a nice woman. I'm gonna call her and I kinda rolled my eyes. I said, Yeah, it's an interview. She's gonna, so, it's gonna so be yeah. the best best side of her. Yeah. You know? But <laughs> so, but so I called her and she was a very nice woman and she ended up uh, saying, Wow, you guys have a lot of passion. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you guys out. Called Rick Halpern out at Panavision. He works with the new filmmaker program. We called Rick Halpern out at Panavision. He gave us a meeting. Which is kind of incredible. I mean, oh, it, yeah. you, you guys seem to stumble, manage to stumble onto a sequence of yeah. like, what, the, the 10 or 15 human beings still left in uh, yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the ones who haven't been replaced by the reptile. Creature. No, right. Oh, right. Yeah, no, 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 we were, we were very fortunate <laughs> along, along yeah. Well, I think because we'd had so many years where we, where we met all the, the robots and the droids who pretty much kicked <laughs> us out of their office, right? Or didn't return our phone calls. And yeah, so I mean, this was. I think it was, about, it was bound to. It, was, it, was, it had to shift. Like, our <laughs> luck had to change, right? At if some there, point. If there's know, any, yeah. you know, cosmic sense, sort of. Uh, I don't want to say justice, but cosmic sort of, um, you know, odds maker. There was, it yeah, was, yeah, it was, it was starting right, to bet yeah, on us. You yeah, know, yeah, Vegas would have would have looked at our situation. They're like, yeah, I think it's time to place a bet here. They can know? only lose <laughs> it can, you know, so long. You know, you, you can know, only, red turn. can only hit you know seven hundred twenty-two thousand times on the roulette wheel before black can. Even though I think even it's though the same I know it's the same turn, odds yeah, every so time. Whatever right? that, so, yeah. that actually doesn't doesn't apply. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so we okay. So Panavision. Anyways, so we yeah. went out. Well, let's we, answer we the pitched, question. We pitched. We pitched uh, Rick Halpern out at Panavision on our movie, and, uh, and he it, he, we we initially thought that thought it was going terribly, and uh, he stopped us about a half an hour into it and said, uh, it "Seems like you guys haven't had many breaks in life, and uh, this is a movie that needs to be made, and Panavision's going to back you 100 percent." 
and uh, that was that was the first. That was a turning point. That, that was, was a that turning was, point. You know, you, you rarely, I think, in life, you know, you you recognize a in the moment. Yeah. You recognize in rarely do you recognize like in the moment that something's changed your life. But that was the the probably one of the first times where he said. Our lives have just changed. Yeah. Like we need to capitalize <laughs> yes. on this. You know? Other than a car, usually the negative things. Yeah, you know, car, car crash. crash <laughs> okay, my life's changed. Girlfriend just dropped me. Yeah, I get it. Uh, you know. But not, but rarely in a positive. Yeah. You know, something positive yeah, like that. So, was, yeah. so yeah. So he awarded us a Panavision New Filmmaker Grant. Now, uh, once you got that, you started uh, getting making all these kind of mul- multiple phone calls, and you used your. You had to get other people to go with you. Talk yeah. about getting. Yeah. I mean, movies is. When we think about movies, because they're visual, we think it's all about visual, but really a lot of it's about sound, isn't oh, it? Yeah, oh, yeah, sound, yeah. Absolutely. It's half and half. Mm-hmm. Um, we called our friend Richard Hims, who's a, I don't know, he's won three or four Academy Awards. He works out at Skywalker Ranch, Ranch which is supervising we, sound editor. Which is by where we grew up. It's out, it's, it's out in rural uh, Northern California. And uh, he recommended a guy named Sound Ranger, who, who didn't have... Um, that distinguished of a, a, of a resume. A resume he, had a, he had a he had an extensive resume, resume, but it wasn't with like you know a bunch of movies that you'd heard of. But but Richard him said this guy is as good as anybody I've ever worked with. Give give him a call. You guys can afford him. You can't afford these other people I know, but you can afford him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we called Sound Ranger and uh, gave him the script, and, and and he jumped on board. And then uh, actually before him, we, we we got our cinematographer Ricardo Gale, and that was through just a series of phone calls. You know, call hey, do you know a cinematographer? No, call this person. Hey, do you know a cinematographer? No, call this person. And then. Uh, we just would work. I mean, so much of the phone a lot. You really work the phone. Oh, oh yeah, call, yeah. Cold calls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cold call king. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll cold call anybody. Yeah. You <laughs> know, we used to, for a while, we had we had uh, telemarketed uh, board games. Yeah. We'd sold board games over the phone. Now, which is, me, that's hard. Okay. Which <laughs> is really difficult <laughs> to sell a board game over yeah. the phone. Especially uh, one that no one's ever heard of. Let's trust yeah. that's very hard. And so you just kind of developed that. Uh, I wouldn't say it talent because it's certainly we weren't that talented at it, but we were sort of sort we of were undaunted. Yeah, you know, yeah, we would yeah. make a f- we'll call anybody. And, and, and I think we always would tell ourselves to try to stay positive. Every no gets us closer to a yes. So you sort of trick your brain and you go, I'm going to get 10 no's today. Right. <laughs> I'm so going to try go, and get as a no. As fast yeah. as I can, you know, so you, you get on the phone and okay, they said no, I'm closer to a yes. And so I would think it was just sort of something to trick our brain into, into staying positive, even though, you know, most of the phone calls were, were, were you know rejection pretty much um, but if at, at you know but you would still try and, and get a lead out of it like mm-hmm. something yeah. somebody else to call yeah something yeah now you you got your crew together you had lots of equipment from panavision not too many funds though no 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 money yeah and you had to shoot some you weren't going to go shoot the, the rockies in spring training yeah. for a trailer tell us about that experience okay, okay. so we did right we didn't have any money but we had 17 credit cards and so <laughs> so once yeah so once we received the the panavision new filmmaker grant we said okay look we have to put something on film to demonstrate that we can direct this movie because people kept saying you can't direct it you don't you have a you don't have a real there's there's how do how do how are people going to know that you can direct this? And so we said, well, we got to put something on film. So we went on down to Colorado Rockies uh, spring training. We financed that on 17 credit cards. We had a, just a cinematographer um, uh, and our sound guy and this really skeleton crew, and we shot with the Colorado Rockies for three days and uh, put cut together this this two minute trailer. Yeah, and then. And then, and then, <laughs> and then we, uh, then we read that uh, Ed Harris was uh, going to be honored by the San Francisco International Film Festival, and we're f- about 
40 minutes north of San Francisco. And so mm-hmm. fate, luck, chance, whatever you want to call it. Hutzpah. Hutzpah, yeah. Lots of that. Yeah, yeah. Work, yeah. Tell us about this um, film festival. You, you, the, what you call it, you have a big segment of the book that's called The Ambush. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, The Ambush. <laughs> so, 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 so after, so that was kind of a, a, a sort of, um, people started saying that we ambushed Ed Harris. So we'll get, so, yeah. so, so what, we so, said, okay, so, so. So Ed Harris is coming to San Francisco. He's the number one guy to play the role of our father. We're going to go meet him some way, somehow. And pitch him on our movie. And, of course, everyone told us we are nuts. you got to get Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think we were. Yeah, looking back, yeah, we were a little delusional. But, uh, but I think it was, that it was at the same working. time, it was the only way we, that, that we could, you know, get Ed's attention would be to go directly to him. So mm-hmm. so we went to the Castro Theater where where um, where he was going to be, and they, they did this. We had our laptop with this two-minute trailer yeah. on it. We had our script in a manila envelope with uh, with this Panavision endorsement letter and, and all of our contact information, and and yeah. we went there determined to talk to Ed. And yeah. so You're running around the film festival with this package of laptop. That sounds kind oh, of yeah. a, a bit uh, awkward. Stalkerish? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. stalkerish, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, they certainly kind of, yeah, we, we got a couple of uh, people kind of looking at us like, oh, you know, you, you know, these are the guys that want to give somebody a script, you know, because right, you, you right. hear so many stories about that. And, and you know? so, so we went to the Castro Theater, which is a huge, you know, 1,600-seat, you know, uh, double-decker uh, theater, filled up, tried to get the microphone for the Q&A, mm-hmm. couldn't get the microphone. Gave, they gave Ed a standing ovation, and uh, he left through the curtain and figured we had lost our opportunity. And I remember just sinking into my chair, feeling feeling low, feeling that we, you know, we were the only guys in the world who believed in this far-fetched idea, and, and everyone else was, everyone who told us we were saying was right. And uh, Noah stood up, I stood up stood from his up, chair, and I said, "Where are you going?" And he he, he cussed, and then I said, said "Blank this. We're going yeah. backstage to talk to Mr. Harris." <laughs> Walked down the aisle. It, it it really was in slow mo. You know, it was one of those moments where it was just, you know, you're. You're taking. You just feel so low and just so out of. You know that you got nothing to lose. You yeah, know, we had thought nothing. about. We started thinking about our dad and how this was. This was just some harebrained. You know, the idea that we're yeah we're gonna make this movie about us and our dad and we're gonna get Ed Harris to to play him. It's so ridiculous. I so I walked past the press, past the security, walked up the steps of the stage and uh, swam through the curtain. We ended up getting Ed, Ed Harris' attention backstage. We tried to th- show him what we had shot on our laptop. But the stage lights were flooding out the image, and we started panicking. And there was a door open to the alley, and Noah said, uh, "Hey, Mr. Harris, do you mind if we go out in the alley?" Because it was quiet and dark out there, <laughs> yeah. right? And we needed sure. to get it. And I thought it was a perfect place to screen a movie, at least best as we were gonna get <laughs> that night. And uh, so Ed had a cigarette that he wanted to smoke. You know, he's he like, "Sure, he's let's go into the alley." And so the three of us walked out into the alley. We put our laptop on this greasy dumpster. We hit play. Ed started watching the trailer. And he said, "Wow, this looks really beautiful. Looks like you guys know what you're doing." And we kind of, you know, said, "Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh you yeah, know. we've we've been doing this forever." <laughs> yeah, you know. And um, the the two minute trailer ended, and and then we talked baseball for a little bit. And uh, Ed grabbed the script off the dumpster, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, um, so you want me to read for yeah. the role of your father? And we said, well, look, I mean, if you want the yeah. role, you got it. You don't <laughs> have to read for it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we had a bunch of you know, suitors at that point. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, he said, he shook our hands, said, good show, fellas. And, uh, and then he, uh, he called us nine days later at our, at our house and said, hey, I read it, and I really like it, and let's talk about when you're going to shoot this. 
Now that proved to be not so easy a problem to solve. No, 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 no. Jeez, that that had its. Oh God. So we got that, together. We we because we, uh, we didn't have any money at this point. We were uh -huh. forty five thousand dollars in debt from from the seventeen credit cards yeah. used to, to finance a Tucson shoot. Ed didn't know we didn't have any money. We were terrified that he would find out. Um, Tell us about getting the money. Okay, well, nice adventure there. Too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, and it I like all that. came together at the end. It, I yeah. mean, it all came together. It, it ice all... lemonade. Oh yeah. Oh jeez, ice, ice lemonade. Boy, was that an interesting character. Uh, so we uh, we ended up. So after um, after, after we got Ed, after Ed shook on the deal, which is what he did over coffee. He said, "So mm -hmm. do we have a deal?" And we said, "Ed, you know, we're supposed to ask you if we have a deal." He's like, "What do we?" And we're like, "Absolutely." He's like, "Let's shake on it." So we shook on it and. And it was now, beautiful. It's a testament to the, to the type character, of, you know, yeah. down to earth, you know, man that he is. He's but, just uh, such a wonderful human being. But we knew now that we had to go out and raise the money. So we printed up a bunch of business plans and we just started handing them out to everybody we knew and said, hey, if you yeah. know somebody that might be interested in investing in a movie, you know, can you pass this along to, to them? And yeah. it ended up uh, making its way up to a real estate developer in, in, in Sacramento. Sacramento. Named and Brian Vale. And, and, uh, so tell us about that meeting because that's a pretty fun scene in there. Okay, okay. sure, you're right. Okay, yeah, it is. It is very. It's, it's so interesting. Yeah, we can't even make this stuff up. Uh, so, so Brian ended up, as you know, his he fired us an email, mm -hmm. and it was in our junk. Yeah, it and turned I was, out in your junk mail. You yeah. turned up in our junk. Well, mail. Well, Rick knows, but the but the right. listeners. Okay, don't so know. the listeners don't know about this, but I think it's interesting details that Brian first communicated uh, with us via email, but it ended up in our junk, and he didn't. I was getting ready to, to delete this email, but it had the working title of, of our movie. And I said, well, who, 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 is, who, is, who knows that, you know, who's soliciting us about a movie? Because all the email said is, are you still looking for money? Brian Vale. That's it. Not, hey, I'm friends with so-and-so. Hey. So I got we, your business plan. I, I'm taking a look at it, and I'm interested. Just a random email. It could have been some guy. I thought of some guy from Nigeria, right? And mm -hmm. Anyways, I ended up saying yes, ellipses, you know, dot, dot, dot. And uh, he called us. Uh, the next day, and then we, we sent up a meeting, and we went up to Sacramento to, to pitch him on our movie because he was our last chance because we were getting close to shooting. We had already signed probably close to a million dollars in, in, in guarantees uh, for a movie that we had no money for, and it, we were just, uh, gosh, maybe seven weeks out from shooting because we told everybody we were going to shoot on X date and, and sort of bluffed, I guess, bluffed our <laughs> way into the game, really, and now it was time. Now, you know, you have to turn your cards over, and... We so we went up and and uh, to have this pitch meeting with Brian and he called in this guy um, who I guess had had made a, a a movie and and the guy just started we called him I Ice Lemonade he just took over the meeting me and my brother just sat there this guy started just telling us what we need to do and how good his movie, movie is and blah, and blah, 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 blah. And, and Brian grabbed his putter and, and starts started putting put around the room. And me and my yeah. brother are going, are you, this is insane. I remember just <laughs> boiling there. I didn't say a word. And this me. was our last chance. Brian Your was last the last hope. Our no, last yeah, this was hope. it. I mean, it, we, were, we were going to have to call off the movie if we, weren't, if we couldn't raise the And we had Ed Harris on board and we were going to have to say, you know what, Ed, hey, you know, we, we didn't have any money. Um, and, and so, so Noah... Um, Noah slammed his fist, fist on, on the, the table, table, and I said, you know, to get the attention, everyone's attention in the room, and I said, we didn't come here to blanking barbecue, and that, <laughs> Brian stopped putting. My favorite chapter title. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank so, you, yeah. yeah. And I didn't mean to, I really didn't mean to swear. I was just so upset that that. And frustrated and Frustrated. And, you know, we, this was like our, this was our, like I said, our last chance, and it was, and it was, you know, uh, slipping away from us, and so Brian put down the putter. He asked Ice Lemonade to, to leave the room, and, and uh, then we started talking, talking business. business. And you got your money, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we got our money. Yeah, yeah. 
So no. maybe, at the, at maybe the, you know, slamming your fist on someone's <laughs> table and cussing at them while uh, it while it uh, you know goes against uh, you know most <laughs> business school etiquette. You know, I think uh, sometimes it does it can have be its, effective. It yeah. does have its place. Yeah. 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 Now, tell us about getting uh, some of the other actors. You you got some pretty great people in there, Brad Dorff. Mm-hmm. Bra- yeah, yeah, some some incredible actors. Brad Dorff, uh, who, who was nominated for Academy Award for One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest. Robert Forster, who was nominated for Academy Award for Jackie Brown. Evan Jones, who who who's one of I think the younger, uh, uh, really outstanding and, and up and coming actors. Um, you know, it was just a matter of getting those getting them the script, and they all just really believed yeah. in what we were doing and. And, uh, you know, we knew that at being first-time directors, we wanted to sit down and meet with all the actors first. Because if they didn't trust us, they, they would... It could, it could be, you know, a horror... Sh- yeah. It could be a horror show on set, you know, because actors can, can, ha- can, they can hold they considerable the sh- sway over, yeah. over the production because without them, I mean, you, you can't shoot. So yeah. <laughs> if we didn't have their cooperation, they would be able to make our life hell. But So we sat... E- each one of them, we met... Uh, either for coffee yeah, or, either for for coffee or for breakfast. for breakfast, and they were just... They all, were all extremely, yeah. uh, you know, very... Just gracious and, and very and passionate, passionate. About, the, about the project, and, and, and trusted us and believed that, that we, me and my brother, could could direct. And so, now tell us a little bit about your first days directing. You'd never done this before. I mean, did you know? How did it feel to get there, stand in there in a room with Ed Harris, and say, "Well, start." Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So fortunately, we had we had shot we had shot with the down in spring training for three days so mm-hmm. that had, it's had, had sort of uh, that was our introduction you and know? that was and we cl- learned it. the great thing was that in between the the time we shot during spring training and then the time when we actually uh were sh- were shooting again in september so we had from from april until september all that time off gave us time to really think about what we could improve on as yeah. far as directing yeah. so it was really like we shot this this short you know, the short Even though it was part of our movie mm-hmm. in right. April, then we had all this time to to think about and refine what we had done in in April. By the time we got to September, um, and so then after the September shoot, Ed Ed Harris, Brad Dorf, and Robert Forster, they couldn't make um, they we they we weren't going to start shooting with them until yeah. December. So I after the September shoot, we were able to then re re reassess. Yeah you know, are directing and make improvements by the time Ed and all them came up. And so, and I know, think also too, th- w- something that, that, that would at least f- from our perspective that was invaluable was that we were acting in the movie. Mm. So we learned a lot about that process just by doing it before these actors came on board. So there was also, I think, a level of respect that first time directors who aren't acting in the movie, I, th- I think the actors knew that we were going through it with them mm-hmm. and so I think there was a, 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 s- a sense of cre- we had a credibility with them they knew and a mutual respect, respect because, because we're both we, in the yeah. trenches together mm-hmm. you know we're all we're know. not just shouting orders from you know the Pentagon and there's some <laughs> guy on the ground going no these are live bullets they're, no they're not shooting at you they're shooting over you you know um, you know we were down there with them so and also also I think if I could say one more thing yeah coming from a team sports background you know we wanted to to really allow everybody to contribute, and, and we're, we're the type of directors that just want to create a really comfortable, relaxed environment on the set, and just, so. Well, I like that, your description of uh, filmmaking as team art. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, a, that's an insightful look, and, and probably suggests that you'll be, continue to be good directors. Now, once you started direct doing this movie, you had a little problem, because you were up in San Francisco in the winter, yeah. and, yeah. and <clears throat> We see finished movies and everything looks perfect, and we assume it's just all. If a scene takes place on one day, it takes place on one day. Of course, 
I, we know from books like yours yeah. that these scenes aren't filmed in one the same day and that there's lots of uh, continuity from Weather Problems. Tell us a little bit about working around some of that uh, stuff. Oh, geez, yeah, that was one of our biggest <laughs> yeah. concerns yeah. Was, was shooting in April and then September and then December because the seasons change. And, and uh, one, in Northern California, once, once the rain sets in, as you know, it pretty much stays for several months. And so we had shot, you know, golden September, you know, the, the, the height of, I guess, you know, Northern California summer, let's say, golden, you know, uh, um, and then we were going to have scenes that that, that were, liter were were literally one shot on Ed Harris in on, on Ed Harris would be in, in December. December and then the 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 cut to us talking to him would be in September so you get up the background <laughs> that's that that is golden right uh, in September and then you cut to it's Ireland behind Ed right yeah. same location though you know and so we were terrified of uh, of that happening to us which was about the seasons changing you know mm -hmm. that dramatically but what ended up happening is that fortunately you know you don't shoot a movie um sequentially you you shoot the scenes all sort of out of order and we uh, were able to to sit down and and really, really micro just break down our script and say okay well if we shoot this in september what's how can we how can we we needed a backup how can we mask it if we do encounter, you know, weather problems in December, and for the most part, we we got very lucky with the weather. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, we front loaded the, the our December schedule when when Ed and Brad and and Robert were all up in town. We just said we're going to shoot all of our daytime exteriors in the the the, the first week that they come up, and pray so, that it doesn't rain. And, and pray that it doesn't yeah. rain. <laughs> yeah. And what happened is we shot all those daytime exteriors. We shot all of those the first week, and then the second week. It, it dumped. It dumped. <laughs> but all of our, most of our scenes were inside by that point. So we got really lucky. Yeah, really, really lucky. lucky. Now you had some, for all the many good people you worked with, you had some people you, that you worked with who are maybe not so beneficent parts of your production. Yes. And my two favorite characters were a little angry and big angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. No oh, name I, Okay, yeah. Yes. I don't know how much I can tell you other than there were some people that weren't on the team, mm -hmm. so to speak, and that, that made, uh, attempted uh, made to make our, our lives uh, much, much more difficult yeah. than, than they needed to be. We almost, the production on, on week one, uh, last day of shooting, our production almost imploded. We, we had a, I don't want to give too much away, but let's say a, a catastrophic system failure. and By a significant sort of uh, person in our in our production that we, we that uh, lovingly that call Big Angry. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and threatened us, of course, you know, threatened us and yelled and screamed and, and said some very nasty things to, to our first assistant director, who was a female, and uh, he, he left, and we were in a financial situation that we had no idea. Our film had been left in the lobby for, for two days, exposed film, just left in the lobby. Within your exposed film is everything because without the exposed film you have nothing no. every dollar you've spent goes into the, the exposed it's film is the combined yeah. yeah yeah it's a combined effort of everything and so uh i'll get it oh great somebody got okay it. <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> this is wonderful uh we're there's we have a caller our oh, first okay. caller yeah. no um yes well uh so so we were able to basically yeah, basically big angry quit and then we were able to uh uh Jeremy uh, Running Water Zhejiang, our, our lifelong friend, uh, 
jumped into the role, sort of a battlefield commission. We said, look, can you, are you up to the task? He said, yes. We're like, don't role, BS yeah. us. Can you do this? Because he'd never done it before. He said, yeah. And so we uh, stayed up for our first two off days. We st- were Almost maybe working around almost the clock. Almost working around the clock. So with maybe, Jeremy to, you know, Jeremy became our, our line producer. and So for maybe two, three hours of sleep during those two off days, and then we went back into it on week two with a, a great level of uncertainty, but uh, we were able to, uh, t- to to pull it off with the, with the tremendous team. Everybody rallied behind what what, had, what went down, and, and uh, it was just a wonderful group effort that, that we were able to, to – to finish the shoot, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, yeah, they were you know big angry and little angry and weren't exactly on the team. So. Yeah, and there there were more people than that. You know, when you hire, just, you know, when you go through a couple hundred people, there's there's bound to be a few people that uh, cogs that won't fit square pegs for round holes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Put it that yeah. Way. Now, um, there are three rules about making your first movie: don't make it on, don't shoot on the water, don't shoot children and don't shoot with animals all of which you did right? yeah we yeah, violated yeah, yeah. pretty much every rule every rule i think that was out there we've we either knowingly or, yeah knowingly or unknowingly violated it uh yeah the the three rule that i remember a cinematographer always telling us and he would laugh he was very good spirited about it ricardo i think it was wc field that says yeah, or wc you know, don't don't shoot with kids don't shoot on water and and don't shoot with animals and we did all three of those things pigeons pigeons yeah, oh pigeons. My God. i know what a, yeah. a nightmare that must have been. Yeah, yeah you know we were yeah the, the pigeons were a huge concern of ours mm. uh we're talking about british rollers uh tumbling pigeons and we, we had, had them growing up and so we wanted to you know have a coop and and make it as 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 real as possible the depiction of our lives and so me and my brother went and bought these uh these british rollers down out from this guy named jerry out in the mojave desert drove in our car uh, with these pigeons up to Northern California, it's. St- I mean, our car still smells to this day. It was just feathers it's everywhere. You know, of pigeon, course, you know, pigeon, you know, you know f- feces and and uh, um, just pigeon, just yeah, yeah but pigeons just just stink. Yeah, kinda. pigeons just stink. stink, and uh, we ended up putting them in the in the uh, uh, the coop. And then we had to, to we had train to train them. them. So, so our our buddy our buddy Bao, who's like a brother of ours, started training the birds each morning. Which uh, and they're it's around the they'll naturally fly in circles and tumble. But if you feed them too much or you feed them beforehand, they don't want to fly. They get lethargic, and so you have to you have to motivate them to fly by you know the incentive is that when they come back down, they're going to get fed. But mm. your first couple times, they don't know where they're they don't come back right away to their house. Mm. And then the hawks started getting. Um, it started taking notice of our of our pigeons, so we lost a few of them the first time we left them out. Just left, <laughs> gone, and we didn't have that many. And so that t- our actors were run- your actors are running away. Where are you going? Come back. Our pigeon stars. Uh, yeah, pigeon them. stars. Yeah. So uh, that, that so they were always you know, and they they, they they weren't ever that cooperative whenever the cameras were. On. No, so, yeah. it was tough. Look, we we. So the the pigeons were difficult shooting on water the first day. We had uh, presented some some difficulties, and then, then shooting with children, which we did several times, was a lot of fun. But but certainly presented its uh, challenges. Yes, any mother host. or father can attest, right? I mean, <laughs> just trying to get your kids to follow directions, yeah, let alone in front of a camera, yeah. Well, talk about how Ed Harris prepared for the role of your father. I thought that was a really interesting and kind of touching. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Ed, it, it just being such a. Uh, we all know how great of an actor he is, but also said he's he's, uh, he's a great he, man. He's a great man. He so, um, we wh- got together after we read the script. We got together and we had coffee, and he had a bunch of questions, like wanting to get to know who our dad was. And yeah. our dad yeah. had a stack of letters that he had written us uh, from jail that so, we that we gave to Ed. 
we gave Dad, and he fired us an email a couple weeks later saying, "Wow, you know these letters are terrific, and and uh, you know you guys should be you know feel feel blessed that you have these from your father." And I'm really getting a sense of, of who he was. So, so then we, we Ed was was busy shooting Ben Affleck's. But from the time we we met Ed to the time he came up and. and Started shooting uh, was was I think about six months, and he was shooting Ben Affleck's movie Gone Baby Gone, and then he had a one man show on uh, Broadway in New York. And during that time, we were corresponding via email. And then when it came time to shoot, Ed drove up two days early, and we we went around to all the locations. We went around to where our, to where our dad, dad used to dad, park his truck and, and and sleep at night, and we drove uh, to you know to the Redwoods and all of these different places that we had spent time with our dad. And um, about yeah. ha about you know I don't know what five o'clock he said hey, do you guys know where we can uh, grab a good good burger we're like yes sir uh, m and g so we go into fairfax and grab some burgers fries and shakes at m and g's uh, and as we're eating ed says uh, look guys i know what you're up against um, i'm here to help you realize your dream if there's anything you don't like that i'm doing uh you you want me to you want another take you guys just tell me it's it's uh you know it's your show and uh, that just for a man of you know, for an actor of his stature to, to tell two first time guys that, that hey, I'm here to help you realize the dream and whatever you need, I'm I'm there for you was it 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 was such a one, just a noble gesture and two, it relieved so much anxiety and pressure that that we felt because our whole crew was saying, Ed Harris is known to tear apart directors. Yeah. You guys are gonna have to be <laughs> so sharp, you know. And and uh when when he said that it it, it was just it was as though it really gave us a boost of, of confidence, and, and you, you know what? This this is Ed Harris. I mean, he's worked with the best directors in the world. He's been nominated for four Academy Awards, and he trusts us on the same level that he trusts these other directors. And it just really, really galvanized galvanized I think our our, our spirit and and enabled us to just to just have that confidence that hey, we can you know, do this. Yeah, you know, we and, can do this. And he's with us. He's on our team. You know, so so. Uh, I mean, and also too, there, you know, part of the process was just asking. Once we read through the script together, Ed asked us just many, many, many questions about our dad. You know, what was his posture like? Was he was he shrunken like this, or was he his chest? You know, did he did he have a you know you know upright posture like this? What was his speaking like? Was 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 his did he say something like this or like this? And finding the cadence and the rhythm of our of our dad's voice and all this. I mean, it was just really a. He just kept asking. He kept asking questions, and we answered them to the best of our yeah. ability. And he just transformed into our father. Well, one of the things I like about this book is it's really funny. And to talk a little oh. bit about the, your writing, the sense of humor in this book. Okay. Well, okay, yeah. yeah, we don't try to be funny. I think it's just you know uh, we uh, have a maybe sort of uh, interesting way, I guess, comedic way of looking at things at times. You know, it was. We had just finished making this movie about us and our dad that had a lot of heavy moments, yeah. and it was really a, a way for us to say goodbye to our father. Yeah. So, and where the book we tried to just when I, we started reflecting on 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 the making of the movie and writing the book, it, it was, was so it was, far fetched and so outrageous that it, we we just felt. I think in the book, the book really we were able to just tap into the comedy of it. Yeah. You know, tap into these two and just guys. Write it like we're having a conversation with someone. It's kind of absurd. I mean, because you have yeah. such great luck and, yeah. and and also you just have it's just so wild, such a wild ride. Oh yeah. well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we just try to make it fun really. and have fun with it. Yeah. Just like we were sitting down and not know. take ourselves too seriously, really, I think I think I think you can grab the comedic moments out of life. A lot of times they come out of out of hardship. I, I do believe and you just sort of have to poke fun at it and laugh because if you don't laugh then then it's sort of this trek into misery right and I don't know that anyone wanted to read that book at least we didn't want to write that book we had just come out of this just 
very and deep, yeah. Just, well. yeah, troubling situation with their dad. And it's also, too, it's just kind of, you know, we, we just said, you know, we're going to sit down and have a conversation with the reader, just as if we were, you know, I mean, that's what, what comes yeah. across. Oh, it's very conversational, and it's oh, very thanks. enjoyable. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Logan and Noah Miller are identical twins. Their new book is your, either You're In or You're In The Way. It's the story of the making of their movie, Touching Home. Thank you for joining me, Logan. Hey. And Noah. Hey, thanks, thank you, Rick. Thank you very much, Travis. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.